Genesis chapter 3. I'm glad you're here today. We're going to look at a subject here. We're going to go all the way back in the book of Genesis, and we're going to find our way at the tomb, to the tomb where Jesus was placed. Aren't you glad, though, that at that tomb, if you were to visit that tomb today, you wouldn't find a body? As those that went to that tomb on that resurrection morning, they went, and they were told by the angels, he's not here, he's risen. And uh, they, didn't, they didn't take his body and place it in another tomb. They didn't go to the wrong tomb. They went to the right tomb, to the right place. And what they found was Jesus Christ wasn't there because God raised him up from the dead. Do you know this? The only, the only religion that celebrates the resurrection of a Savior is Christianity. And uh, I'm glad that you're here to celebrate that with us here today. Genesis chapter number 3, we're going to start here in a portion of the Bible, right back in the Garden of Eden. God created the earth. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And we find in chapter number 1 where he took six days and created the, everything we see. And on the seventh day, the Bible says he rested. He created man to worship him. He created Adam to fellowship with him. And just imagine, if you would, as God is walking through the garden there with man, the fellowshipping and, and communing with God and worshiping God. That was the purpose God created you and God created me. He created mankind to fellowship and worship with him. He looked down and Adam was lonely and, and he said it'd be, it's not good that man was alone and he made a help meet and there comes Eve. Eve comes, and Adam and Eve is there in the garden. They're fellowshipping with God. It's the way God planned it. It was God's design. But in Genesis chapter number 3, something happened. The Bible says, now the serpent, in verse number 1, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to, to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat it and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. The Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee not, that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. We find back in the garden here, we find a story here in Genesis chapter 3 where Eve and Adam are there and they eat of this fruit, this tree. And God told them they could have anything they want in this garden, but this one tree they cannot eat of. And the serpent comes and the serpent, Satan, then begins to tempt Eve and says, did God say? Begins to deceive Eve. I want you to understand this morning that sin, sin deceives 
All the way from the beginning of time, the purpose of sin was to deceive man, to deceive woman, to deceive mankind. God created man perfect. God created man to fellowship and to worship him. But Satan came along and Satan attempts to deceive. Sin always deceives. It always causes what you see or what you think you see to to appear better than it really is. But sin always deceives. It never fulfills. It never, it never comes through on its promise. It reminds me of a story of a little, little boy was selling a lawnmower. There was a new pastor that moved into the neighborhood, and he needed a lawnmower, and so he saw a sign down the street that there was a lawnmower for sale, so he went down a few houses and introduced himself to this little boy, and he said, I, I'm the new pastor that moved in the neighborhood, and I need to mow my lawn. He says, I see you have a lawnmower for sale, and, and that little boy said, I do. The pastor said, I just need to know, does it work? And the little boy says, oh, it works. It works. It works. It's got gas in it. It runs. And that little, little boy said to the pastor, $40 and it's yours. Well, that pastor thought, that's a great deal. $40 for a lawnmower with gas in it already and it runs. He gave the little boy $40 and he said, uh, took, the, took, the, took the lawnmower and he pulled that string on that lawnmower and nothing. He pulled that string on that lawnmower again and nothing. The pastor looked at that little boy and he said, I thought you said this works. He said, oh, it does work. He says, you're just not doing it right. He says, what do I have to do? He says, you got to pull the string and cuss. And then pull the string and cuss. You've got to cuss when you pull the string. He said, it works for my dad. The pastor said, the pastor said, I, <laughs> he said, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. He said, matter of fact, you know, I've been saved for so long and I've been pastoring a church. I don't even know. I don't even know any cuss words. I don't remember any of them. And that little boy said, pull that string enough and you, it'll all come back to you, preacher. <laughs> you know what he's saying? You know, you don't have to teach somebody to sin. It comes to you. You pull that string enough, preacher, and it'll all come back to you. You know, no one has to teach you how to sin. Nobody had to show you how to sin. You know what? It comes natural to us. And sin always deceives. Sin always deceives. I find this to be true. Some people believe. Some people believe that that religion saves you. But you know what you find? Religion doesn't save you. Sin would have you to believe and Satan would have you to believe that just religion saves a person. There's some people that believe this. Just good works will save you. Some people believe this. Just getting baptized will save you. Just doing good things will save you. And anything, sin will cause you to believe anything, but sin never wants you to believe the truth. It always deceives. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3 and 4, but if, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto us. Satan is doing everything he can in this world to blind you, to cause you not to see the truth. There's many people today, they become addicted to drugs thinking that's going to be the answer. You know what they find? That that's not the answer. There's many today that are addicted to alcohol thinking that's where they're going to find hope and that's where they're going to find relief. You know what they find? That sin, once again, has deceived them. There's many vices to sin that people grab onto thinking that's what's going to be the answer only to find that sin always deceives. Satan does everything he can to doubt, get you to doubt God. Satan makes it his business to deceive mankind. 
Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person is born in this world because of the sin that took place here in Genesis chapter 3. Every single person, you and I, and every human being born in this world is now born with a sin nature. I want you to see as well in the same passage of Scripture. In verse number 22, if you'll follow along with me in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 22. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now let he, let, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims in flaming swords and turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. You know what I find? Sin deceives. You know what I find also as well? Sin divides. Sin divided Adam and Eve from God. This was never God's plan. This was never what God intended for mankind. His goal, his intent was for man to worship him and commune with him. As he walked through the garden in the, in the coolness of the day, man would be there to fellowship with God and glorify God. And that was the purpose. But man sin, sin deceives. Not only does sin deceive, sin divides. Romans 5 verse number 12 says, tells us this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Death in the Bible, it speaks of separation from God. And what happened that day, the moment that mankind sinned, man was separated from God. Sin separates you from God. Sin divides you from God. We are now born into this world with a sin nature. We, we, we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's who we are. And every single person is born into this world. They're born separated from God. They're born in trespasses and sin, the Bible says. But God, God wasn't willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Not only does sin deceive, not only does sin divide. I want you to see this, though. The answer to that is God loves you. Listen, it would be a sad day. It would be a sad day if I got up today after singing all these songs and said sin deceives and sin divides. There's nothing we can do. Let's just go home. It would be a miserable day. Because there's nothing you could do to merit favor with God. You can't work hard enough to, to merit favor with God. You can't do enough good works to merit favor with God. You can't give enough money to merit favor with God. You can't join a certain church to get merit with God. You can't get baptized and gain merit with God. The only way, the only way a person can be saved, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want you to know thirdly this morning that God loves you. John 3, 16, one of the wonderful verses in the Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came into this world to seek and to save that which were lost. You and I, we can't do anything. We're born sinners and God looked down the portals of time and he saw your face and he saw my face and he said, I love you and I want to redeem you back to me. Aren't you so glad that God didn't say, you know what, mankind, you sinned, I'm done. I'm finished. 
You chose to sin, now that's it. No, mankind chose to sin, but God looked down and he saw man. He said, I love you. I'm not willing that you perish. I'm willing that you come back to me. But he knew that somebody had to pay that sin price. Romans 5, verses 18 and 19 says this, Therefore, by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Because Adam sinned. Judgment came upon all mankind. Even so by the, even so by the, the righteousness of, a, of, of, of the free gift that came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But all of the last part of this verse, the Bible says, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Adam's sin caused you and I to be born into this sinful world, born as sinners. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's, the Bible says here that by one man's disobedience, sin came into the world, but by one man's obedience, who is that one man? And what is that obedience? That one man is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He left heaven's home. He came to this earth. He died upon the cross. He went to the cross. He took your sin. He took my sin. He bare our sin upon the cross. He shed his blood so there could be a payment of sin. Hear me this morning, the only payment of sin that God accepts is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other payment. There's nothing else you can do to merit salvation other than going through Jesus Christ. God loves you. Ephesians 1, 8, 1, 1.7 says this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. You know, this morning it, I realized it cost more to redeem us than it did to create us. It cost God more to redeem us than it did to create us. God simply said, let there be dust of the earth. And through that dust of the earth, he formed man. And he formed man and breathed into life, breathed into man the life uh, that, gave us, that gave us life, the breath that gave us life. And in that there, we became a living soul. In, in, and it cost him more to redeem us than it did to make us because we sinned. And it cost him, his son, Jesus Christ. He had to leave heaven's home. Jesus came to this earth and, and, he, and he suffered the, the cruel punishment of the cross. What you think about what Jesus Christ went through to give you and I salvation? Here's God. He's 100% God. He's 100% man. If he was not 100% God, then his blood would not have been sufficient enough to pay our sin debt. We believe in the deity of Christ, meaning this, he's God. He came to this earth. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was lied about. He was spit upon. They took our Savior and they, they whipped his back as he, as he leaned over that post. They took that cat of nine tails and they began to whip his back and the skin would come off his back. They took their hand and they, they, they buffeted his face. The Bible says they took and they plucked his beard from his face. When they were finished, the Bible says you couldn't even recognize Jesus as a man. 
took this crown of thorns. They mockingly put it upon his head and jammed that thorn into his brow and blood began to come down his face. They spit upon him. He said, if you be the Son of God, tell us who hit you. They put him on a cross. They pierced his hands and they pierced his feet. At any moment, he could have said, enough! He could have called 10,000 angels to say, enough, I'm not going through this anymore. But he went through the agony and the pain of the cross because he loves you. There was no other payment that could be made. There was no other sacrifice that could be given. If there was any other way, there would have been a a different way. But Jesus, knowing this, the only way to redeem mankind back to God, he had to endure the cross. There had to be a payment for sin. There must be shedding of blood. There upon that cross, every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that I've ever committed, every sin ever committed by human beings, Jesus Christ bore that sin. He became that sin and He took that sin upon Him and He took the blood that was shed. He presented that to God and that was sufficient payment for your sin and for my sin. You see, there was no other way. God's Son had to die. And that's how much He loves you. You know, I've got a boy, I've got a son, my oldest. He'll be 17 this year. And I don't know of anyone that I care enough about that I would say, take my son. Kill my son so that you could have life. I don't know if I could do that as a dad. But God saw you. He saw you dead in your sin. He saw you addicted to that drug. He saw you addicted to that alcohol. He saw you uh, in, that, in, in, in that sinful state. He saw you addicted to that pornography. He saw, he saw you, you, you sinning. He saw you doing the, those vile actions. He saw all that. And he says, I, I want you back and I want to redeem you back to me. And he looked at his son. He says, you got to go. The only way that I can have mankind back my son must die. God loves you. I read a story of a dad was in a car with his son. You ever been in a car and a bee got into the car? Huh? I can tell you have. You ever get in a car with a bunch of girls and a bee get into the car? You ever get in a car with my wife and a bee get into the car? You get in the car with my wife and a moth gets in the car and we got to stop the car. A bee? man was riding in the back seat was his son and a bee got in the car and the kid began to scream and cry. I mean, just, just making a fuss, a bee's in the car. And dad not wanting that bee to sting that son, the dad reached back and he smacked that bee and as he smacked that bee, that bee got into his hand and he held that bee into his hand and that bee stung him. The son's still crying. The dad looked back and said, son, what are you crying about? He said, there's a bee still in the car, dad. 
He says, son, that bee only has one stinger. And I took it for you. He can't sting you again. Listen, death, Satan. Satan thought, Satan thought he had death. He, he thought he had Christ at death. But Christ, he took the sting of death. He took that sting for you and for me. And we do not have to suffer death. We do not have to be the payment for our own sin. We don't have to live eternity trying to, trying to, 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 to favor and pay our, pay our sin debt. Jesus Christ, he took the sting for us. And we no longer have to if you'll go by the way of the cross. Jesus loves you. Lastly, I want you to understand this. God offers life. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 24, please. Luke chapter number 24. My time's almost done. I'm so glad that we don't stop at Genesis chapter number 3. But Genesis chapter number 3, it leaves us. If we were to follow the thread through the Bible, the story through the Bible, we'd come now to Luke chapter number 24. In verse number one, the Bible tells us this of Luke chapter number 24. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. They entered in and found not, not the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, think about this. There's some that come early in the morning. It was the first day of the week. Just three days previously, they saw Jesus hanging upon the cross. They saw him as he hung there. They saw him as he bled. They saw them as he died. They saw him as they took his body off of that cross. And they knew the tomb they placed him in. They saw him place him in that tomb. They rolled that stone over that tomb. They even had it sealed. Three days later, the Bible tells us that these these came early in the morning to come and put spices on the body of Jesus. Prepare the body. They had every, every intent on going to that tomb and seeing the body of Jesus Christ. If they didn't, they wouldn't have brought the spices. The Bible says they came to that tomb. As he got close, that stone was rolled away. They knew, they knew when they put the body in there, they put the stone over top of that hole. But now that, that stone is rolled away. And they look in expecting to see the body of Jesus. And guess what? It was not there. Let's go on to read the, the, the story here in verse number four. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. In verse number five, and as they were afraid and bowed down their face to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. <laughs> Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinner, sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Oh, what a glorious morning that turned into. They went three days earlier. They saw him on the cross. They saw him suffering. They saw the beating. They saw the blood that was shed. They saw them, the, 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 the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet. They saw him die and they saw him placed into this tomb. They went three days later, early in the morning to put the spices on the body only to Find the body isn't there. The Bible says they were perplexed. They were wondering what happened to Jesus. Did they steal him? Did they move him? What happened to our Savior? And then an angel appeared and said, don't you remember? Don't you remember that when he was still in Galilee, he told you this, that sinful men were going to take him. Sinful men were going to place him on the tree. He was going to be crucified. But don't you remember that he said he was going to rise again? And the Bible says they remembered the words of Jesus. They remembered that Jesus said the grave can't hold me. They 
remember that Jesus said, death can't hold me. They remember that Jesus said in three days, I'm going to rise again. And they remembered what Jesus said and caused great joy. Oh, listen to me. His body wasn't there, not because the guards put him in a different tomb, not because grave robbers stole the body, not because something happened and they were at the wrong tomb. He wasn't there because he's risen. Oh, we come this morning to celebrate Jesus Christ. He conquered death. He can give you eternal life because death has no hold on him. Oh, this morning, that's enough for us. We ought to celebrate that God offers, He offers life. Faith and triumph won that day. Jesus has conquered death in the grave. And because Jesus conquered death in the grave, He can offer you eternal life. Jesus Christ, by the way of His death, by the way of His burial, and by the way of the resurrection, He offers us eternal life. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've done it. Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, that was sufficient to pay the sin debt that you owe. His resurrecting power is enough to give you eternal life. Death has no hold on you. Uh, uh, Hell has no hold on you. Jesus Christ has conquered death and he's conquered hell because he's risen from the grave. You're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're seeking heaven some other way, then you must hear the words of Jesus. He said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I don't care how much sin you've ever committed. I don't care what sin you've ever committed. I don't care how long you've committed this sin. Jesus Christ came and paid your sin debt. If man will confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in his heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Listen to me. Genesis chapter 3, it tells us this, sin deceives. It tells us this, that sin divides. But God commended his love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's hope. If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, what better day than Resurrection Sunday? Call out to the name of Jesus. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me. If there was another way And Jesus wouldn't have to come. But he came. He died. He paid your sin debt so that you and I might live. 